This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Monday matinees begin right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. back and he's badly hurt. He says a large mob of cannibals have overtaken the base. He says they're on their way here. I, I don't know what those things are. They're supposed to be people, but they act like animals. <laughs> it says they're eating the dead in the fields. He said they were eating people while they were still alive. <sighs> Why couldn't David come here and tell me this himself? When he arrived, he could barely talk. He's lost a lot of blood, Sir John. He had bite marks on his arm and back. I can't even say for sure if he's still alive now as we speak. He was barely hanging on when I left him. It's a miracle he was able to drive and get us at all. Everyone to their posts. Prepare for an attack. Get your weapons ready. Sir John, the cannibal mob has been spotted coming from the northeast sector. Our guards at the post have already engaged them. What are your orders? Take the first team with the grenades and flamethrowers. Burn the bastards alive! The second team is on their way up the hill to the south of it. We need to break the mob up into smaller groups. The second team will use bazookas and grenades for that. Once we break them into smaller groups, we'll be able to flank them. Sir John, this is Captain Tabernacle of the second team. The bazookas aren't working. The mob isn't breaking into smaller groups. And there seems to be more of them coming in the distance. Sir John, they are eating the dead lay on the ground. This is an abomination! Sir John, what are your orders? We're being overwhelmed! Sir John! Sir John! Sir John! Sir John! New Kingdom Radio Theater. Are you a fan of the rise of King Asylus? 
Do you find this epic story entertaining? Well, we've got some great merchandise for you. Hi, I'm Angelica. I'm from the podcast A Little Bit of Everything with Me. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash King of Silas and choose from an assortment of t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, stickers, and much more. The King of Silas storefront has something you'll love. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash King of Silas. That's tepublic.com slash user slash King of Silas today. Danger lurked around every corner throughout the kingdom, and King Asylus purposely ignored much of the lands being overrun by gangs, warlords, and even mobs of cannibals. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Ohio, Cody Valentine and JJ decided to abandon the initial idea of heading to DC, and instead decided to head back to Eden. Their encounter with an apparent extraterrestrial being greatly influenced this decision. They figured being near the king would be the safest place for them to be. But when they arrived in New Eden, they saw something they could not believe. King Osiris, the man who once proclaimed to be the steward of humanity, stood before the masses of people outside the Grand Castle and proclaimed himself to be a god. I think we're going to need to go the rest of the way on foot. The streets are jammed with people everywhere. It's so eerie. What are people in the streets for? That's strange. Maybe they're waiting in line for food. They all look pretty hungry. Well, they're not cannibals. If they were, they would have attacked us by now. Hey, miss. Why are so many people walking the streets for? King of Silas is supposed to give a speech. Oh. I thought there was a food line or something. A food line? Where? Who's giving food away? I have three starving kids at home. If someone is giving food away, they should give it to the women and children first. There used to be a code of honor among people. There used to be respect for life. But that is no more. Instead, we're given words. Words! Not food, not opportunities, not a better life, but words! What good are words when you have a hungry family, huh? And to be this king ass! I better stop this or I'll get arrested again. Spent three nights in jail last time. Look, thank you for the information. I didn't mean to trouble you. No, no trouble at all. You aren't the problem. The people in that damn castle are the problem. They don't care about us common folk. They get to live high up there all fancy and eating whatever they want. But what about us? My fellow Americans! 
The thing on everyone's mind these days is what else could possibly go wrong now? What calamity awaits us this day when we see the dawn? Will there be another terrorist attack? Or more earthquakes? Or large rocks falling out of the sky and destroying our cities? No! What we face now more than anything is the shortage of food. Americans are not people who deal with long lines for a loaf of bread. Americans were never meant to have to resort to rationing in order to survive. This is not the land promised by any God. This is not the paradise we were told we would have when we fundamentally changed everything about ourselves, our country, our world. This is not the life we signed up for. The Christian God has sent us many messages over the years. The Christian God has promised many things to his people. But as we look around, we are left to wonder where those promises went. What happened to our paradise? Where did our faith and loyalty lead us? The Christian God has failed us. And so now, we are left to resolve this great mystery of our lives. We are left destitute in the ashes and ruins of our broken hearts. But rest your weary minds. Lift your spirits, for your king will do whatever is necessary to bring us all back to prosperity. I will be my brother's keeper. I will be your savior. I will be your God. And so I ask you here and now to take a knee and swear your loyalty to your king until the death. Remember, I am your absolute ruler. I am your only light and your only salvation. Down. Set yourselves down on one knee and swear your loyalty to your king now. I will not take a knee, sir. I'm sorry, but I cannot submit myself to you. You are a man, not a god. And I am not alone in this belief. This young couple here with me will also not take a knee because we know you are not a god. You are only a man. And if anyone is responsible for the atrocities we face, it's you, sir. Don't get us involved in personal jabs at the king. Well, I don't see either of you taking a knee. You might as well be in agreement with me. Uh, babe, I think we better get out of here. Those three won't take a knee. Get a brick and stone them. Babe, we gotta go. Go, go, go! Get on the back! Quick! Let's go! Come on!
Holy Father, I think the time is approaching to come out of hiding. Oh? What makes you say that? The pilgrimage to Galilee. It should happen sooner rather than later. Do you have a death wish or something? Silas will have us assassinated as soon as I show my face. Surely you can't be serious. Who are we to redirect prophecy, Holy Father? <laughs> so you do wish to die. I see. We may be of better use to the world as martyrs. Is that what you were thinking? Perhaps our fate will not be met at Galilee, Holy Father. If the Cardinals will accompany you and you give a powerful sermon on the Mount, the people will flock to you as they did to Christ. It's practically the only holy site left. And the world truly needs light in this dark hour. I'm not convinced Asilus won't try to have us killed, even if we are followed by masses of people. I must confess something to you, Holy Father. I went to see my cousin. And what did Lord Capone have to say? I suppose I overplayed the bloodline card, so not much. But when we were children, we had a code. I believe he was telling me the king has no interest in assassinating you. Well, everyone else seems to think so. I am convinced he does not. My cousin wouldn't have worded his responses the way he did if you were in any danger from the king. But can you be certain? I am convinced, Holy Father. Okay, then let's start making preparations for the pilgrimage. And we'll need to get the word out to the faithful. We'll need them along our journey. God will protect us and the flock from any harm. I believe this in my heart. And should something unfortunate befall us, at least we have led by example. To grow. to grow in all of your ways to 
babe, if we're going to D.C., why do we need to make a pit stop in Indianapolis? Wouldn't it be better just to cut through the Tennessee-Kentucky line instead of going north out of the way? Uh, did you forget we were attacked by cannibals in Kentucky? Something tells me our chances are better traveling a little north of there and bypass the crazies. Let's just hope there aren't any up that way. Well, I have some good friends that live near Indianapolis. They're like family. The old man worked with my dad for many years in the motor business. They go way back, and he made a handsome living, got some big property in that area. He'll let us stay for a while until we can figure out what to do. We've got to have a plan before we get to D.C. Well, let's not rest much and get back on the road. I don't want us to be on the road when the sun sets. Well, I agree. I just thought you had to use the bathroom or something. Not right now. stopping? Up ahead. There's a roadblock. Maybe they're just cops looking for looters. Uh-uh. If they were cops, there'd be red and blue lights flashing. I think we better make a detour. Cody, what are we doing here? There's nothing out here. Just trees and autumn bugs. Help me push the motorcycle into the woods. We need to stay out of sight. It's gonna be nighttime soon. Baby, hear that? Shh, listen. Sounds like people singing and yelling. Look, it's a group of people in the clearing. Shh, no more talking. Get a closer look. Oh my god, Cody. They have kids tied up. What are they doing? I'm not sure I want to know. I, I can't believe it. They're burning them alive. They're going to eat those kids? We have to do something. Shh. We can't do anything, babe. We have to walk away. No! They can't do that! Hey, we have to turn around and find a safe spot to hide near our motorcycle. When day breaks, we get back on the road. There's nothing we can do to save those kids. I'm sorry. But they're just kids. 
the heartbreaks for their mothers. They're probably going crazy right now looking for their babies. Oh, this world has turned so awful, Cody. I know, babe. I know. Let's just pray we get through the night. Chaos, division, and great atrocities infected the entire kingdom. King Asylums behaved in ways that made those on the High Council nervous. The King was blatantly disregarding the concerns of the people, and he had publicly declared himself a living god. But in spite of the alarm this behavior instilled in his most trusted inner circle, much of the High Council business continued without addressing the King's state of mind. But the dangers popping up all around everyone kept the focus away from the King's brazen behavior and centered on the situations at hand such as the Yellowstone eruption. Dr. Liverpool gave Lord Orb and the King a status report on the eruption of Yellowstone. Liverpool said the original states were still in danger of more catastrophic earthquakes. Satellite communications were still grossly affected by the cosmic rays and the weak magnetic field was causing millions of people to get severely ill. This exacerbated an already tumultuous human crisis. However, once again, Dr. Liverpool made his report with no suggestions or ideas to remedy the problems. This angered the king, and Asylus told Liverpool if he made one more report Without any suggestions, he would no longer have any use for him, nor would anyone in the world. This veiled threat sent chills up Dr. Liverpool's spine, and he finally made one suggestion. Liverpool said there might be a way to circumvent the satellite limitations and get them back online. Utilizing the remaining spy satellites and reconfiguring their functions would give the king an advantage over the clusters of nomad tribes, warlords, and mobs of cannibals, which were threatening to destroy the entire kingdom. Finally, Dr. Liverpool brought something that had pleased the king.
assemble a tactical Spartan team and reset the Trishals to make the Clusters fight amongst themselves. We'll make them disband from within. With all due respect, sir, I do not think this is wise. The nomadic tribes are populated by people whose minds have reverted to primitive impulses. We simply have not tested the Trishal to do to them what it was designed to do. We don't know how their minds work. They engage in barbarism. They're like animals. We tested the Trishal extensively on animals before we did human trials. Damn it, Orib! Check Lord Roberts' notes! I will. But perhaps there might be more effective ways to combat the nomads without deploying Spartans. Well, I'm listening. Why don't we use conventional planes and bomb them? We know the locations of most of them, using our infrared scanners. We don't need GPS satellites. We use antiquated radar. Look, we have been tracking them for weeks. Wherever they go, they exhaust the resources and then move on to the next town. Their patterns are very predictable. We can bomb them when they are on the move, to lessen collateral damages. Not a bad plan. Okay, we'll go with that. But if this doesn't lower the spikes of nomadic tribes, then we try the Trishal. Understood? Understood, sir. And send a special ops team to bring some of the nomads and cannibals to our secret base. I want these animals studied, poked and prodded to learn all we can about them. There's got to be some reasoning going on in that animal brain of theirs. Of course, Your Majesty. I will get on it right away. Sir, you asked to see me? Yes, Quentin. Have a seat. Some whiskey? Uh, sh sure. What's on your mind, sir? I need you to take care of a couple of things, my friend. First, I need you to find a way to exterminate billions of people using the most efficient and practical methods. I beg your pardon, sir? Exterminate billions of people? What do you mean? Exactly how it sounds. There are too many people alive in this world, Quentin. We have been tasked to eliminate billions. That's what we have to do. But there aren't enough bullets. And in case you haven't noticed, we don't have the kind of control we used to. It will be hard to trick people into walking into gas chambers. No, we need to find an efficient way to do this. I think you're the right man for the job. Sir, this is not my expertise. It's more something Oreb might know about better than I could. Oreb is busy doing a million things, Quentin. Look, you don't have to come up with anything right this minute. Just mull it over for a few days. You'll think of something. But there's something else unrelated I wanted to talk with you about. Princess Monica and my grandson. My contacts in Munich say there's been some chatter underground about your grandson. There's no doubt Malcolm Banks has them both. I'll bet all my money he's a shapeshifter. 
And I'll also bet the Drax are back in this realm. Rise of King Asylus, Episode 55, Burning, starring J.V. Torres as King Asylus, Amanda Haggist as J.J., Austin Beach as Cody Valentine, David S. Deere as Pope Innocent XIV, Stephen Fisher as Lord Jeremy Oreb, John Dovey as Lord Quentin Capone, Aaron Hammond as Cardinal, Michael Marshall as Sir John, Levi Reed as David, Jessica Greer as Woman 1, Courtney Clark as Woman 2, and narrated by Sergei Brazhnikov. This episode features the song Help Me by Timothy Yurkovich. Download the music of Timothy Yurkovich on bandcamp.com today. For more information about the cast, the music, or this production, please visit us at www.theriseofkingasilas.com for a full list on our Season 4 episode page. And now a word from our podcast friends. Hail, I'm Jared Cerf, a professional writer, strategist, and storytelling guide. And I just wanted to remind you that even if you don't create your own stories for other folks to buy, you still use them in your work, play, and everyday life to teach, entertain, guide, and sell. That's why I created the seven great rules to writing stories that sell for my students and clients, for creative entrepreneurs of all kinds, to help reach your market, audience, or tribe, connect what you make with what they want out of life, and discover, define, the trust, impact, or legacy that provides. So why not carry with you our little reminder to help and learn how your brand or your story can drive, inspire, compel. Go now to whystorysell forward slash guide and subscribe for your copy today. This has been a production of the New Kingdom Radio Theater in Baltimore, Maryland, copyright 2021. I'm Keith Norris and stay tuned for episode 56. Thank you for listening to Monday Matinee right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Tuesday Terrors for Horror, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Thursday Thrillers for Action, Adventure, Mystery, and Crime Drama, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week, from our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. This is the Mutual Audio Network, listening and imagining together.